Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me today on Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. Our show today is with a friend. Actually, actually, she's more than a friend. She's someone I respect and admire very much uh, because she's actually having an impact on the world in many ways, actually behind the scenes in ways you don't know, really helping move millions of people forward on their journey to health. Many of us are out there right now. Many teachers are out there working pretty hard to help America heal. And J.J. Virgin, my guest today, is really a true leader among leaders. So, J.J., welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. And I feel to say you're one of my favorites, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so there. Well, um, you know, we're going to talk about sugar. And, and you always talk about sugar. I mean, I, I thought the first thing we might want to say is that Wait, you've done sugar before. Why are you back with another sugar book? <laughs> Enough about sugar. Well, it was very interesting because, you know, the virgin diets, the drop seven foods, lose seven pounds, just seven days is about food intolerance and really looking at food intolerance, whether it's hormonal, immune, genetic. Um, but it's much more about like, what is gluten doing? What's dairy doing? What's corn doing? And sugar was one part of it. But, you know, sugar is really different than, say, an immune mediated uh intolerance. And what was interesting, but I had to put sugar in, like I couldn't say drop these six foods, but sugar's cool, go for it. You know what I mean? There's no way. So it was, it wasn't, when I wrote that initial program, it actually was about dairy, gluten, soy, eggs, you know, corn and peanuts. And then we were like, oh shoot, we got to tell people to stop eating sugar. So um, the biggest question I got asked in the virgin diet was about sugar. And it came down to this, and this has now become my line. It's like people are either controlled by sugar. They know they shouldn't eat it, but they just are consumed with their cravings and they cannot stop. Or, and this is more people they're confused by it. They actually think they're doing everything right. But because of the way that advertisers are allowed to put no sugar added on the product, because a lot of the misinformation out there, you're getting sugar sneaking into foods where you'd never expect it. So here you are trying to do everything right, and yet you still have all of these symptoms of high sugar impact. You're tired. You're hungry all the time. You're crabby. You've got a bad mood. <laughs> you know, your joints hurt. You're gassy and bloated. You can't lose weight or your waistline just keeps expanding. You know, all this stuff. You're going, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm eating healthy. What's up? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, well, you know, another thing too, uh, I mean, what pops into my mind is a conversation I had years ago with an elderly man and uh, he was on diabetes medication and I, you know, we were in a kind of, he was part of our group of people who were on a vacation and at every single place we had a meal, he had dessert. And um, I, being the health person that I am, uh, you know, used my time with him to suggest that he not eat so much sugar. And he said, oh no, I never eat sugar. And I don't know what his definition of sugar was, like, uh, it, but I think a lot of people are there, you know, they, they don't realize how much sugar they're eating. He didn't think he was eating any. And I thought, well, that peach cobbler that you just ordered last night was sugar. So let's talk about where sugar is hidden and that people wouldn't say is sugar. Right. And, and, and you know, it's interesting. So you look at now, like just processed foods at the grocery stores, it's 80% now have, added sugar. And that's without looking at natural sugars, which by the way, you can put no sugar added on a label and it can have fruit juice puree. And that's sugar. You know, that, hmm. that peach cobbler, besides the added sugar, 
is sugar. It's Mm -hmm. peaches. But I think a lot of people don't even think of honey. They'll go, oh, it's natural. Mm -hmm. But but wait a minute. You know, it's like, is natural sugar really any different? Like, what's the difference between natural sugar and table sugar? They're both natural. I mean, it's either natural or it's artificial. And I think we can both agree artificial's worse than than natural sugar mm-hmm. but natural sugar sugar and all the fates are the same they're going to go to glucose or fructose and so you look at it and you go all right where is this sneaking in it is sneaking in into the salmon you ordered out trying to eat so healthy that was glazed so it was shined with sugar it's sneaking into that balsamic vinaigrette the balsamic vinegar is basically sugar syrup it's sneaking into that marinara sauce where the first ingredient is sugar because then you can use really cheap tomatoes and let them sit for a long time. You won't taste how crappy it is. You know, and the other part of it is like we know sugar is a drug. It lights up the reward center in the brain. Heck, they did a study on Oreos and um, morphine. And while they both had the same effect in the reward center in the brain, the rats preferred the Oreos. The Oreos they got more pleasure from it. So you have a drug and you have food companies needing to sell products, which is really a perfect storm. Because, you know, what are you going to do? Take all the sugar out and have people buy the other one? No, you've got to sell products. So you put a little sugar in and then you get the American Heart Association or any of these, or I think it's the World Health Organization saying no more than five added teaspoons, which how would you even look at a label and know what that meant? You know, and what about the sugar that's already in there? Yeah, it's a ton. I mean, like, I'm kidding. I'm like going, are you kidding? Five at a teaspoon? But what about the fruit juice you drank? What about the green drink that had the fruit juice puree? What about the jam? What about the white flour that raises your insulin more than the sugar or the whey protein that raises your (laughs) insulin more than the white bread? What about all these things? And really... Doesn't that mean that we need to look at sugar differently? Like to tell people don't have more than five out of teaspoons when they don't know what sugar really is anyway and they don't understand that the jam they had on their white toast is the same as a cupcake. They don't understand that. Okay, so you have an enormous following, I think particularly among women that are trying to lose weight and want to be more fit. And I would think that you and many other people would say, well, you know, it's difficult to cut out sugar 100% right away. So why don't we just, why don't you just transition into that? But are you still, would you still say that? Have you yes, been writing the Sugar Impact book? Have you changed your mind? Should we go cold turkey off of sugar in, in every single way? I think that's the number one way to fail. I think the biggest, I went and looked when I, when I decided that this was the book to be written. And I decided it purely because I had to because I got so many questions. I went, okay, clearly this is a major pain point. It's, it requires what much more information. And I learned stuff along the way too. I was like going, even my diet, I'm going, oh my gosh, there was stuff sneaking in I just didn't think about. Mm. You know, because especially when you're eating out, you just don't worry as much about the dressing. You, you have the balsamic vinaigrette. You have the glaze on the fish. And now yeah, it's just a little bit, just a, just teeny a little, little bit. bit. So you're saying those up. little bits matter because they add up, or they're they just even a little bit matters. matter, and they keep your sweet tooth fired up. So what I did mm. was, I you know most of most of people out there probably not people listening to your podcast because you've got such a sophisticated audience, but you know most people have sugar sneaking in wherever it is, and e- and even I will say even those even all of us here. It's still sneaking in because there's things you'd never suspect. I do a sneaky sugar inventory to help people find that. And the first week, all I have people do is is 
get aware of where it's sneaking in and go from high sugar impact to medium sugar impact foods. So if you're having the white potato, have the sweet potato. If you're having the white pasta, go to the quinoa pasta. Just simple things to start to lower the sugar impact. But really during that time, pay attention to the amounts you're eating, where your calories are coming from, you know, making sure you're getting healthy fats, make sure you're getting low impact carbs that are thing that are coming more from non-starchy vegetables. Make sure you're getting clean protein and watching that because what happens when you eat a lot of higher sugar impact foods, whether it's a sugar cube, which is not what most of us are doing, or maybe say that green machine drink that's got 56 grams of sugar you think you're doing a great job with, is that your body starts to get need to ha- eat every two to three hours as you're becoming more insulin resistant. And that's a clear sign that you're a sugar burner. You can't go more than two to three hours without eating when you should be able to go four to six hours or more. So that first week, we start to pay attention to meal timing, You know, pay attention to that hunger. As you know, when you eat more fructose, you really, in, in artificial sweeteners, you really lose control of your appetite. Artificial sweeteners cause calorie dysregulation, so you can't correlate the degree of sweetness with the amount of calories, so you tend to overeat. And fructose bypasses the satiety signals to start making fat while it perturbs insulin metabolism. So you become more insulin resistant, you can't access stored fat, and you're hungrier because it hasn't triggered the release, you know, the raise in blood sugar, insulin, leptin, and ghrelin to tell you you've eaten. So all those things, you know, that first week you can't go cold turkey because if you did, your body would just rebel and you'd be reaching for a cookie in a day or two. So I believe it's creating awareness, kind of checking out where you start, where is the, the sugar sneaking in. And even the healthiest people, it is sneaking in where you wouldn't expect it. And then what are your current symptoms, you know, rating where you're at, your sugar impact quiz. Then after that first week, or if you rated really poorly, take a, take, take a second week. It's not a race. That's when you really go low sugar impact. And I think one of the most dramatic things you can do to retrain your, because my whole goal, Donna, was to get pe- rid of people's sweet tooth. You know, I mean, this is the thing. I don't want someone relying on willpower. If you can get rid of your sweet tooth and all of a sudden when you eat food, it actually tastes too sweet and it kind of tastes disgusting, then then you win. And you realize when you eat something how rotten it makes you feel, then, then you'll stop doing it. But until you can get someone to that point, it, you know, then they're going to be battling their willpower and it won't work. I was sitting out mm-hmm. with one of our girlfriends, Cynthia Pasquella, at dinner the other night. She goes, gosh, you know, kind of sucks when we're so clean and something sneaks into your food at dinner and it just takes you down for the next day. Mm. But, you know, you know, it does, right? It's like all of a sudden you go, well, what was in that that I just I'm one of those people that drive the waiter crazy. I'm so picky about asking what's in things that that actually doesn't happen to me. But um, waiters hate me. I know every (laughs) once in a while, it's like you try, you try, you try, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. (laughs) something snuck something snuck in what was it well let's go back to the sweet potato because um i you know i consider buddy called you paleo we have been for 20 years so you know because we're sugar-free i'm gluten-free sugar-free dairy-free in the beginning too so totally against sugar because i started off talking about candidiasis you've got to be 100 percent sugar-free if you're really going to conquer that infection and then working with autistic children they all have candidiasis so sugar-free has been a big song for me for a long time but you know, I watched the paleo movement and I watched how people were doing it in different ways. Some people with a lot of fat and cream and butter and bacon and lard. And, you know, and, but then people started, you know, writing on the Facebook, our Facebook page saying, you know, I'm paleo, but I'm so tired now. I don't have any energy anymore because I don't have any sugar in my diet and so on and so on. And so, you know, I, 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 the sweet potato, I noticed soon, soon the sweet potato appeared on the scene. And so you could see 
that even people who are just eating meat and you know veggies and that kind of stuff were, were really needing some source of sugar in their diet. And one thing I'd like to throw in, because I know I can say this with you now, is that what I recommend is that when they have a sweet potato, they put some uh, some kind of fat in the meal, like the people can do butter, can put a butter in their sweet potato because that slows down the assimilation of fat, but also eating fermented vegetables or drinking a little bit of energy biotic or something with the sweet potato, it's got the good bacteria helping eat that sugar up. So I do think that's another piece of the story. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the sweet potato is the middle sugar impact. So what I have people do is go high would be a potato. Medium sugar impact would be a sweet potato. Low sugar impact would be pumpkin and some of the squashes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm tapering them down. And it's not a no. So paleo, when you look at it, you know, any, any, thing that we do there tends to be the dark side of like I love all these paleo treats now yeah right. I'm like, Chocolate. You've, you've missed the point yep mm-hmm. missed the point I've seen that happen with every movement <laughs> macrobiotic went that way vegan went that way paleo is going that way yeah we, we always go back to sugar it's just got us yeah. it's controlling us so what about that what about the person that's truly trying to say I'm not having any more sugar tomorrow and the next thing you know they're doing it again like, well that's why I, I don't believe in that that's why you've got to taper and give yourself a week or two depending on how where how much it's really sneaking in and your symptoms before you go and take two weeks to go to completely low sugar impact which would be very similar you know I like to say the virgin diet and the sugar impact diet are agnostic so paleo vegan anywhere in between I'm in a point because because again what you've said in every movement people figure out how to make kind of the junk food side of that movement, right? Mm-hmm, like they figure Tofu out how to food cheesecake came in right, and macrobiotic right. movement. I thought, no, you got to be kidding because put a bean, which is what tofu is, with sugar and you've got gas. Yeah. It's gas a in bad, the belly. A bad thing. So you look at any movement and you start to have those issues and you can have a paleo high sugar diet because, and I'm kind of going, I don't think paleolithically they had much, that much fruit and honey guys. I'm pretty sure, you know, mm. and you can, as a vegan end up with a ton of sugar, as you know, especially now the movement of the low fat vegan. I'm like, Oh, Oh gosh, you know, now you've really messed it up. So what I want people to do is first be aware, but then what I wanted to do, and I believe this was possible, so I started with this premise, this hypothesis that I, that whether you had a sweet tooth due to, due to like candida, whether it was due to genetics, whether it was due to training, which is a lot of people, that in two weeks or less, you could get rid of your sweet tooth. And so during the two weeks where it's the transition phase, where we drop food down to low sugar impacts, so it's a lot of non-starchy vegetables and clean protein and healthy fats, um, we take fructose down to as close to zero as possible. No fruit. The only f- non-fruity fruits you can have, things like avocados and olives and tomatoes and lemons and limes, but no fruit. And so fructose is, I think, really what's doing the biggest to create the issue with our sweet tooth. Fructose plus artificial sweetness. It's, it's those two have created such a nightmare for us waking up our sweet tooth because fructose is so super sweet. And then, of course, you bypass the satiety signals. So you look at what happens with artificial sweeteners and fructose nightmare. And what I found with these, literally, this was the way I positioned this program when I did the pilot test was I wanted like the sugar addicts, the people who couldn't get the sugar out. They were, you know, the ones who were still struggling, not the easy people. Or the really sick people, right? Because when you're sick, really sick, like with cancer, all of a sudden things get real, real and serious. 
those weren't the people I went at. I didn't go after during this thing because I, I wasn't working with them one-on-one either. I was like, who, whoever out there can't put the sugar down. And, you know, again, you can look at it and go, anyone who's got a big problem with sugar, if they don't have cancer, heart disease or diabetes, dementia, osteoarthritis, you know, gut issues yet, it's just a matter of time. Because if you look at any of those diseases and you look at, the, they all correlate, you know, completely with sugar. I mean, you look at what's going on with cancer and how insulin drives tumor growth. And then the fact that fructose starts to drive more aggressive cancers, every single one of these, you can kind of point to and go, boom, um, issues with sugar. So, uh, but that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to take people who hadn't been able to quit before and get them off of it. And, and, and that was what happened was people after two weeks lost their sweet tooth and said, I mean, the big thing I heard was it doesn't even taste good to me anymore. And I think a lot of that is dropping that fructose down to as close to zero as possible and getting the sweet taste out and starting to retrain people to appreciate. Again, you gave me this trick and I use it. And and I also, of course, tell everyone it's you is the sour, is the taste of sour and doing fermented um, vegetables, which if you're listening to this podcast, probably the funniest (laughs) thing we ever did together was, and it was our first date, Donna, our Mm -hmm. first time together. I remember very well. uh, I'm like sitting there and I know I'm going to have to taste these fermented vegetables and I, and we're on camera and I'm thinking it's going to be like that movie big. And I'm, I, it's going to <laughs> be you're bluntly like, honest and always <laughs> want to tell the truth. So you said, I, these were not bad, <laughs> you know, you know it's yours thing. I hate, I am not going to like this. I hate fermented foods. I, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I've never liked fermented foods. I mean, it's really a, a bummer that our culture has been raised without fermented foods. I mean, it's just really, you look at, it's just wrong, but what a difference. Well, wait, wait, it, wait. McDonald's puts a pickle on top of the burger there. Oh, That's... you are right. That was <laughs> I thinking, but you know, so you look at this stuff and go, gosh, if you start to incorporate these things in, which I talk about this in the sugar program is putting in fermented foods, putting in sour taste, reclaiming your, you know, getting used to new savory, spicy, instead of the sweet, and then dropping that fructose down at the end of two weeks, it does, it tastes icky. It's like you start to notice sweet in foods that that you wouldn't have ever noticed it before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've actually had people say, carrots aren't sweet. To me, they're amazingly sweet. There's even sweet in um, an onion. Yeah. Well, especially if it's a sweet onion. Like in Georgia, where I grew up, we had this Vidalia onion that came from Vidalia, Georgia. And it was sweet. I mean, people eat them like apples, so onions. Um, but, you know, going back to um, fructose again, because you hear all the time fiber, you know, uh, fiber is good for everybody. It's good for the gut, and you get it from fruits and vegetables. So you're saying you can still drop the fruit and get the fiber and go with the sweet vegetables because, you know, it just, it's an interesting thing because talking about the gut, which you mentioned a few seconds ago, the bacteria in the gut are absolutely, the good ones are absolutely destroyed by a high sugar diet. And what happens is the bad ones love the high sugar diet. They flame up, you know, Wadsworthy and so on. They, it, the bifidus dies, the Wadsworthia flames up. This happens with a high fat diet too. And it causes the lining of the intestines to be inflamed. And now you've got all kinds, everybody's always talking today about inflammation in the gut and Crohn's and colitis and leaky gut. I mean, sugar's playing an enormous role in that but a little bit of sugar naturally put into foods uh like you know butternut squash for example an onion carrots they actually are really important for helping the bacteria grow so that they can produce fatty acids like butyric acid and so on for for their growth you know so 
So I guess people are still, you know, they are going to be confused. Like, but wait, I, I eat fruit. I just read an article by this doctor and he said it was good for me. Now, now we're saying, no, fruit has too much sugar in it. It was very interesting at this conference we were both at. A couple came up to me and they said, so we've been doing juicing for our kids, fruit juicing, because we want to make sure we got enough mm. fruit in them. I go, they mm. don't need to have any fruit in them. You know? <laughs> you know, it's like this idea that, I mean, and they were juicing. They were probably getting like four to six servings of fruit a day into their yeah. little kids. I'm like, oh, yeah. my gosh. So, And then look I, at their teeth. I've noticed that lately, too. Uh, you know, I look over in there. A lot of times vegan, when you come to conferences, they're really into health and everything. They, their kids are with them, and then the kids are really slender and undernourished by, by my standards, like what I remember kids being when I was growing up and so on. And their teeth especially don't look very healthy. Yeah. it's So what I did was I wanted to look at sugar in a different way because it's not really about sugar. As we know, all carbs except for fiber turn to sugar. So what I did instead was I looked at glycemic load because glycemic index doesn't take into account the the uh, amount of calories so it looks makes a carrot look like a potato which is just silliness you know and so i used a glycemic load instead so i could look at the amount of a food because well, carrots explain are explain that because a lot of people don't understand that so, it's complicated yeah glycemic index is the current way we look at sugar and that's really i think why we have the problems we have because all it does is it looks at a 50 gram load of a food in isolation like you know so just a carrot or just potato or just white bread and and then it says, well, what's, how much does that raise your blood sugar? Well, that would work well with a potato where a 50-gram dose is average, but not so well with carrots. Maybe carrot juice, yes, but carrots, no. So first thing you have to do is you have to look at the, the glycemic load of something. Then you need to look at the fructose grams of something because fructose is worse. And the problem with glycemic index, the second problem is that it makes – fructose look like a great thing because fructose doesn't raise blood sugar. So it's one of those reasons we started to think agave was so great is it didn't raise blood sugar, but that's the problem. It doesn't raise blood sugar. Instead, fructose goes straight to the liver, tells the body to start making fat, and it doesn't trigger any of the satiety signals because it didn't raise blood sugar. So very problematic, a very damaging sugar. Very, It does something called glycation, which is very aging, can lead to fatty liver. I mean, just a lot of problems with fructose. So I took those two bad guys and I contrasted them with fiber and nutrient density. And then I rated foods high, medium, and low on sugar impact. And boy, I'll tell you, squash, like you just mentioned, butternut squash. Mm-hmm. One of, um, squashes are some of the most amazing foods out there. So I put foods based on where, you know, really the impact they had. So what's going on with your insulin, your leptin, your ghrelin, your cortisol, mm, you know, your amazing. neurotransmitters, your gut microbiome. What, what are they doing? Because otherwise, you'd have trouble you'd say okay well wait a minute you know um what about artificial sweeteners they don't have any glycemic load right although we now know they raise insulin they don't have any fructose but we know that the impact of them is devastating to the body so it was how i could go through and point to different foods and go all right we know here's what gluten does here's what you know skim milk dairy does so that's what i looked at instead and then i put it into a chart so that you could literally go and look and go where should i spend the most of my time and during the those transition weeks you're all low sugar impact but after that you you go all right let's 
let's test out a couple medium sugar impact foods like a sweet potato and see how I feel. And if I feel okay, it doesn't take my energy away. Great. But you know, I feel better when I eat kabocha squash or butternut squash than I do when I eat a sweet potato. It's just the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to choose the sweet potato. It just doesn't make me feel good. And it tastes, I mean, it tastes super sweet. The idea that people put sugar on sweet potatoes is mind blowing to me. It's like, yuck. You know, I I really see that glycemic index is now going to be replaced with the sugar impact, uh, what do you call it, a, like a chart or something? It's because the sugar, yeah, and sugar impact scales. I made scales. them. Scales, okay. That, that's just brilliant. When you told me that you were doing this book and then I started to get sort of a glimpse of what it was, I thought, oh my God, this truly is, you know, I told you this, I really mean this with all my heart. This is your most important work, JJ. I, I hope everybody realizes that this isn't just another book on sugar because there's so many books out there on sugar. This one's different. This one's better. This one is going to shift people's way of not only thinking but have the inspiration to move the needle on, on in their life you know they'll, they'll change so so much but but let me ask you just a couple more questions because we're running out of time but do you believe people should snack <laughs> you know how much i hate snacking i um the europeans don't snack it's yeah, only I, here in america that we snack isn't it crazy well i guess maybe the europeans don't have a snack food council and snack packs Ah, good point. Maybe that's why. I still remember getting this big box into my house, and on the top of the box, on top of all of the uh, low-fat and fat-free chips, 100-calorie snack packs, was an invitation to join the snacking council, and I thought, these people have not done their homework. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They would know that I am, like, the vehement anti-snacker. Yeah, like, why should you (laughs) be eating all day long? It's, it's, you know, if if you eat... Well, you get a nice steady supply of blood sugar to the brain. Your body can access stored fat for fuel. What do you need to be eating for? What is that? Energy. See, so people say, I eat the sugar for energy. I think that's the number one people reason people eat it, and that's not giving them energy. Mm. I know. It's taking it away. It's, it's taking so it crazy. away, exactly, as we so- to say that. <laughs> well, what, what, what happens now, somebody's got a craving, it hits strong. What are you telling them to do now? Well, so during the first um, week or two as we're transitioning and tapering and transitioning, you, you might get some cravings. But I find for a lot of people, there's one of two things happening. Of course, with gluten, dairy, and sugar, these are drugs. And so they're getting a drug-like effect. And what we have to do is a, is a downshift from high sugar impact to medium sugar impact as they're going through that. So give them a shift that's a better choice. And then during the the next cycle from medium to low. So, you know, it's like during the the first week that might be an apple with some almond butter. Apples are higher fructose fruits, but once we get into the second, second, third week, it's going to be more like apple on celery, you know, you're going to shift down. But I think the bigger thing there is to look at replacement activities because cravings aren't hunger. And for so many of us, we use food to fill a void. You know, food becomes love. Food becomes how we nurture ourselves rather than doing something that we really want to be doing. So it's like, what else would fill your soul besides that cookie, right? What else would give you an endorphin response like a cookie would? That's where I love burst style training, you know, high intensity training, because it's a two for one. You not only get the benefit to the metabolism, but you also get the endorphin response. And it doesn't take long, literally a couple of minutes, you can get that. So what I look for instead is something that can either have an endorphin, oxytocin type of response than the food does. So it could be you know, playing with the dog or playing with the kids or 
you know, hugging a friend or, or doing some burst style training, going out in the sunshine. You got to find these replacement activities that make you feel as good or better as food does. Well, I would add to that too, that a lot of times for myself, when I think I'm starting to crave something sweet, I'm really just thirsty. And if I take one of my latest things I did over the summer is I took a big pitcher of water and put a hibiscus tea bag in there and some, you know, nice little chunk of fresh mint and it just sits there and turns into this beautiful red color and tastes great. So I'll pour that and put a few drops of stevia in it. It's so refreshing. Or just have lemon juice, you know, it's fresh yeah, lemon and lemon, water. Lemon juice and water is my, I call it my lemonade, and I have mm-hmm. people do that. I'll have them throw some glutamine in because that can help you, like, get over the sweet craving. Mm, and good point. some chia in if they're hungry, if they're really legitimately hungry. Because if it's, if it's hunger, oftentimes they're not hungry, they're thirsty. But the mm-hmm. lemon juice especially because it takes their sweet sweet tooth away. And then it also helps them when they're going to go eat with better blood sugar response to that meal. So it's a double whammy. Wow. Well, we're out of time and we have given people an enormous amount of priceless information. I hope those of you listening will listen to the show more than once. And so JJ, where do, what, what's the next step? Like, what do we do to get the book? When's it coming out? Et cetera, et cetera. What book next? Book is out November 4th and you can pre-order it for half off at barnesandnoble.com. They're the only place you can get it right now, I think, is barnesandnoble.com, 50% off. Um, they're doing a special, we have a special program with them. So that's pretty exciting. And then wow. we have a lot of cool stuff at sugarimpactdiet.com. And so... Are you doing, a little birdie told me you were doing a PBS special on this. We are doing, we're supposed to say public television, and um, I just taped a public television special, and that will start airing right after Thanksgiving. So the book comes out right after Halloween when everyone's in a sugar coma, and then right after Thanksgiving, we start the public television special all over the country. So yes, I'm very excited about that. Oh, I wish it were coming out just before Halloween. I hate Halloween. It's my least favorite holiday of the year, except I love the kids running around and dressing up. That's really fun, but... Going around and gathering all that, such an awful, awful thing to teach our kids to do. But anyway, you'll be there to catch them after they've made that awful <laughs> mistake after the holidays. They can we give come back. toys away at our house, and you, you give know, what? What that, away? Say that again. We give toys away at our. Oh, house. We give okay. toys away. Yeah, we give little, little, you know, tattoos you can wipe on. We do little fangs, all sorts of fun stuff. Wow, it's like that's it great. Better. I'm glad I asked you yeah. that question for you to tell me that. I didn't know that. I'm gonna go out and get tattoos this year. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's so much <laughs> fun. I mean, they love. That kind yeah, of the fun part is great. Yeah, we don't want to take that away. Just want to get rid of the sugar. Yeah. So thank you so much, JJ. I always, you know, love being with you and doing this. And the, honestly, everybody please listening, please hear me. This is JJ's best book. This is an important book, the Sugar Impact book. So thank you for listening today. If you're new to Body Ecology, please subscribe to Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. And also feel free to leave a comment. And, you know, there's a review section there. I'm going to definitely be paying attention to those and doing shows around what you want to hear. Tell me what you'd like to learn about next and have a great day.